here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.2 FM in Tohoyandong. So many of us were glued to either our screens, our radios, or whatever it is to hear and witness the arrival of South Africans who came in from Wuhan, China. And uh, I, I was wondering about the crew. Who, who is behind all of this? Who's making this possible? Because while we are dealing with this massive, massive issue, you've also got to think about the people who are really making this possible. And the one person that came to mind is the pilot. Captain Vusi Kumalo is the man who flew that aeroplane, the SAA flight uh, that brought in our citizens from Wuhan into the country. I mean, our eyes were all glued on that screen on Saturday as they touched down. And I I think for many, there was a sense of relief, particularly their family members. Um, I know earlier there was some anxiety here and there, but there just was a sense for me that was just a bit of pride that we've managed to pull together and do this thing and, and bring our people home, bring fellow South Africans home where they really wanted to to be. So on the line is Captain Busi Kumalo, who joins us now. He's an SAA chief pilot who made that possible. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Captain. Good afternoon, ma'am. Glad to be on your show. So I'm told that every single crew member, including yourself, who was who was at the forefront of this mission, had to be quarantined. Are you in quarantine? I'm currently quarantined. I'm doing day two. Taking one day at a time, and uh, we see what happens after being here for two weeks. But otherwise, everybody is in good spirits, and uh, we're well taken care of, and we in a very nice environment. So, so, so tell me about okay. tell tell me about how that call actually happens. Was it were you just scheduled for like any other flight, or did you get a special call to say would you take on this mission? How did it happen? Oh, uh, really. Uh, what happened, one of my colleagues, when we had the uh, pandemic breakout and there was a lot of fear of, of the unknown and how to deal with this, uh, one of my colleagues one day said to me, what if one day the government asks us to uh, go fetch our compactions? There's a possibility. And I said to him, uh, we must start getting ready. So no matter what happens, I can tell you, we're going to be there and we're going to do it. And that's when we all started getting uh, prepared for, for this mission. We've, uh, a whole lot of people were involved in this in terms of the preparations from our side. And when the call came from the president that we should uh, help with the mission, which was uh, actually conducted by the SNDF, and uh, obviously they don't have a big enough airplane with that kind of range that we have to be able to go to China, we, we were ready to go. So it's one thing for you to do this professionally. I want to know how that went down when you spoke to your family. <laughs> well, I do a lot of, uh, of convincing, you know. Uh, I don't live by fear, you know. It's a challenge. I mean, this is a challenge to humanity. Uh, not only the people that were stuck in the center of this uh, pandemic at, at Wuhan, but it affects us and our fellow men and stuff like that. It's humanity at stake. And we live in an age of... Uh, new diseases, superbugs that, that we still have to face in the future. So um, for me, I saw as an opportunity to, to help my, my fellow countrymen and, uh, you know, noting that if I was in their position, imagine how much anxiety, how much stress they had when they, they were stuck in China, not knowing whether they're going to come back. And, um, yeah, that, that's how I looked at it. 
It, it was a longish flight. What was the mood like in the flight itself? I can tell you what, it, it was amazing. You know, we we were a team of um, four pilots and uh, 14 cabin crew members. We had two technicians on board, two security, one nurse, and then we had another team from the SANDF um, of doctors and nurses and from the Department of Health. The mood going there, especially when we were on our way to, to, uh, to Hanan, the guys were obviously the be anxious about the unknown, but they were in good spirits. I remember uh, listening from the cockpit, their crew singing, and you know, uh, they even had a little time to 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 share some uh, gospel verses and had prayer mm-hmm. in the back. So everybody was really excited. They said it's like going to war. Uh, you know, and hoping that everything turns out in our favor. And and obviously, then then you arrived, and then you met the passengers. Yes, um, we we flew into uh, Wuhan from the Philippines because we had spent two days in the Philippines to get ready. And uh, once the Chinese authority allowed us to fly into the airspace, we landed. And and you could see uh, when we landed it was at night. Um, you could see that the place was on lockdown. You know, there was not much activity. You got to the, the airport, you just had parked airplane. Actually, when I parked the aircraft, I could only see four people on the ground. I couldn't couldn't see people in the airport. It was all glass doors and um, glass windows and glass doors. And we, you could see that the place is, is dead. Mm-hmm. And um, then we made contact with the ground uh, personnel, ground handling and... Uh, we just told them we need to refuel and we're ready for our passengers. So while we were waiting, about an hour later, we saw the first passenger, which was a beautiful little girl who was mm. so excited to come into the plane. She was she was actually running towards the aircraft, uh, jumping, and you could see she's so excited to, to come home. And that, that made it all worthwhile for us when we saw her. Oh. And um, then the bags were loaded. Eventually, everybody came on board, and about uh, two and a half hours later, we were pushing back. And an amazing thing is that as we as we go to airborne and left the place, they shut down the whole airport. The lights went out, and you could see that this, this place is really uh, in, in uh, lockdown. Nothing's wow. going in. We were actually had to get special clearance to come into 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 China. You, you're all now together. You're all now together. It's done. The mission has been accomplished. I know there's some anxiety because you've got to sit it out one more time. What's the mood like there at lockdown? Everybody's fine. You know, we go to do these medical checkups uh, in the morning and in the afternoon to make sure that everybody's fine. And, and the good thing is uh, at this stage, no, no one, even from the, from the passengers, is sick. And we're just going through that process of making sure that everybody is safe. But my crew, my crew are, are still excited about it. And, uh, you know, what, whatever it takes for us to do something like this for our country, I guess if we are called upon another day, we'll do the same. None of the guys that I'm with had any hesitation. Uh, all the guys that I'm with uh, volunteered, and everybody did their part, and we were united. And even the people that we haven't worked with before, like the HNDF and, and the Department of Health, we were just one family, one unit, with one thought, saying that we, we wish this uh, this mission is successful. My my part was was easy, making sure that everybody's safe, um, the flight is safe, uh, within the, the, the rules and the regulations. And so when we touched down, 
in uh, Polokwane, I was I was like relieved that we're back, but pretty much excited that actually we did this, and uh, the people that are back were so were so happy. And, and when you go back home, I mean, what's the one thing that has remained with you about this particular mission? I think um, just being able to to hit the call. You know, uh, normally in our job, it's, it's it's pretty normal to fly planes and do what we have to do. Um, and we get paid for that. But in this case, we, we were asked to volunteer. Nobody was forced to do this. And uh, we, we knew about the risk of, of this disease and what's been going on in the world. The, the whole world is troubled about this. And uh, for us to say, yes, uh, we're going to do it, you know, for our fellow men. Um, and being able to pull it off, in, in a way, we're privileged. It's something that we'll, we will take with all our lives. I, I don't know if you mind, but I'm going to ask one or two people to call in if possible. And if you may take a call, maybe they've got some a question that I didn't ask you. 011-482-1510. I just want to ask you about the conversation you had or didn't have with your eight-year-old. What was that conversation like? Well, you know what? I knew initially when you get a disease like this, there's a lot of misconception about it and what the people say and stuff like that and the possibilities of this whole thing being blown out of proportion. And, uh, you know, I know my, my eight-year-old, uh, she likes talking about me, so whatever I do, she'll tell a fellow people, the dad is going to this place, and I'll be doing all of that stuff. So whatever I tell her, it's probably going to come out uh, at school. And I was more worried about her that maybe she might get discriminated by maybe about other kids that treat them a little bit different mm-hmm. from the fear of, actually being affected by the virus. So when I called in my 40-year-old, I said, guys, I'm going on a long trip, uh, you know, one of the long trips I've ever done, but um, unfortunately, I can't tell you where I'm going. Mm. But I promise you, when I come back, I will tell you where I've been. Mm. But don't worry about this. You go as normal, go to school and do whatever I have to. Just trust me on this one. What, was and it? My a- little, and my little one said to me, are you going to China? I said, <laughs> I won't answer that question. <laughs> you wait for me to come back. <laughs> so because I didn't really want them to, to, I didn't want to lie to them because I can't lie to them. But I also was more worried what would happen in school for them. Yeah. So so because you knew what you knew, it, it was a different goodbye, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and the fact, you know, the flight, okay, you know, it's going to be like five days, this flight. And, but on the 14 days, uh, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss taking them to school because even though I, I, I'm most of the time away at work, but I make sure that when I'm home, I take them to school and, and come back and do stuff with them so to catch up on their life so they don't they don't miss out on, on my on my parenting, you know, because with our job, we spend a lot of time away. So I don't want to be like a guy who who's a visitor and the dog start barking at me when I get home. So I, I, I try my best to spend as, as much time as possible with my kids. Sure. Really, really, I have to take out my, you know, I, we have to salute you with all that you've done, heeding the call as you did. Country duty asked you to stand up and do your bit, and you did. We really, really appreciate it, and we wish you all the best out there. I suppose in time we'll keep touching base with you, but really we wish you all the best, and thank you, thank you, thank you for doing what you did. Yeah, thank you. Check us on the day 14, and, and credit to all the team that is involved. They are amazing, and you know what? We work together, 
as, as, a, as a unit. And um, their professionalism in dealing with this and their, their positive attitude as well uh, really, really, really touched me uh, as well as a person. So I'm, I'm glad to, to have been part of this team. Sure. SAA Chief Pilot Busi Kumalo, who was the man at the forefront of bringing South Africans back home who were in Wuhan, and that was on flight ZSSND. They touched down on Saturday. And uh, as we all know, they are all in quarantine as we speak now. But mission accomplished is what we have to say. And I think I had to go, you know, really, we take off our heads to this man. It was an incredible mission. And uh, he did it without telling his family, especially the little ones. And it was accomplished. 011-482-1510 is the number to dial. Your comments on how you're managing what is now a, a critical situation in this country, not only in this country, in the world. Uh, all of us have been given directives yesterday. The president came out with a lot of directives. Many people will have to keep their children. In fact, all of us will have to keep our children home uh, from school, from Wednesday. Lots more we're going to be touching on on how you're managing COVID-19 as we are now in disaster mode here in South Africa. I'll take your calls 011-482-1510. Let me quickly go to George in Joburg. Hi, George. Hi, man. Uh, I just want to find out uh, swimming and this COVID-19, uh, what's happening if you are swimming? Uh, can you catch the disease, you know, in public uh, pools or what? Can you give us clarity on that or what? So, George, I'm definitely not the doctor. I wouldn't know a thing from one thing to another, one flu to another. I don't have the answer yeah. for you. What I do know that, remember, this this is a disease, a virus that has been, it's, it's moving from one person to another. I, I, I cannot tell you at all what it means for you to swim. I suppose the, the issue is the, your proximity to other people. Are you swimming yeah. with other people who are infected? I don't think the issue is the water itself. I think the issue is... Yeah. It's you being in contact with people who are carrying the virus. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if someone can phone in and just say, uh, uh, let us know, if, uh, you know, swimming, how safe it, it is, you know, if you can. Yeah. But, but but I think, again, before we, before we get an expert, the issue is, are you swimming alone? Or are you swimming with other people? On yeah, how, close, public, how close are you to public, those people? I try and avoid people, but I'm just... You know, what so, is, uh, what's yes. the situation when you're so, swimming? Uh, so so what, what the doctors have said so far, this is all I can tell you. What the doctors have said so far is that they don't know how long the virus, for instance, survives on surfaces and spaces. So that answer we don't have at the moment because it's still a very new yeah. virus. So if you're asking me that if someone has just stepped out of the pool who was carrying the virus, does it mean that when you stepped into the into the pool afterwards you're going to get it? We don't know how long the virus and a lot of things go into this, the temperature and so on. So the the, the biggest thing right now is your proximity to someone who may be carrying the virus. In terms of the pool itself and it being public, I don't have that answer. We'll try and get that answer for you, George. Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'll, I'll listen and All maybe right. I'll get an answer. Yes. Thank you. We will try and get that answer for you. George in Johannesburg. And Bartley, you calling us from Durban. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? We well. Thanks for calling. Yes. I just want to thank uh, Vosi Kumalo. And uh, I'm very grateful that the name is Vosi Kumalo. It's not Balibane uh, Fandamere. Thank you so much. Uh, you've uh, put our name on the map, but uh, my wonder is, how do you feel 
about the four people that remained. You know, uh, I worry about those people and what is their fate. Do you know anything or were you not told about uh, the people who showed uh, symptoms of fever and then they had to, to remain in Wuhan? That's yeah. my question. All right. So the captain has left us already. You remember he's in oh. quarantine. Our access to him is very limited. So at the moment okay. we've lost the line. He 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 has now left us. Um, oh. But but you oh. know it's it's a good question and I and I wish yes, we had, yes, we had yes, time. Yes. And, and I would li- I would like that all South Africans shouldn't forget the name Vosi Kumara. That's that's great of him that he went there and uh, repatriated uh, our fellow fellow uh, South Africans. Thank appreciate, you very much. Appreciate your call, Bathe, calling us from Durban. Oh, Captain, are you still there? Have we found you? Yes, I am. Man. Oh, lovely. So can you answer oh. the question? <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. What really happened is the people that were uh, coming to the airport had to be tested before they got on board to make sure that they, they're not sick. And just um, in the end, we informed that four people uh, had high temperature and they had to stay behind. Obviously, we felt sorry for them and we've just come a long way. It's the same way that we, we have done this mission and are sitting in quarantine because we do not want to expose any other people that we are going to come in contact with. That, that maybe our families or our colleagues or our friends, we are here patient enough. Uh, for the health officials to make proper determination if we are no no threat. So it's it's a kind of a sacrifice, and uh, I feel very sorry for those people. When we went there, we wanted to bring everybody back that wanted to come back. But I would like to believe that um, they're in good hands, and as, as we can see, the, the Chinese government has been doing so much to keep the virus and, and the spread of the virus. I, I think where, where they are, they are in, they're in good hands, and probably... We'll hear from them soon. Thanks very much, Butler. I think you, that answers your question. Brenda, you're yeah. calling us from East London. Good afternoon. Yes. Uh, I just want to say to Vusi, uh, he's a man. He's a man. When he was talking, I was just holding my tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Vusi, you've done us proud, my brother. Mm-hmm. We both. That's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you, ma'am, and thank you for for all the South Africans for the love they showed when when we get back. Before we left, there was a lot of negative talk about uh, the mission itself. But when we, we got back to Pulukwane, we got nothing but love. People were all over the streets greeting us, and they were just excited uh, to see us. And uh, it made it all worthwhile for us. We appreciate your support. Thanks, Brenda. Thanks very much for that call. So the number one, once again, it's 011-482-1510. And I do want to thank you now and, and say, you know, once again, thank you so much, uh, Captain, for, for what you've done. Please pass our regards to the entire crew, everybody else that was aboard that uh, that flight. I don't know how they're feeling, but please pass our regards and, and our hearts and thoughts are with the entire families there that you guys are with now. And I, I, I guess you do call yourself a family at the moment, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. You know what? Airline, uh, people spend more time with their colleagues than they spend with their family. So it's it's my other family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So really... Um, thank, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. All the best to you guys. SAA, SAA Chief Pilot Vusukumalu, who brought the 114 SA citizens. It's now 100, not 114, because 14 had to remain. Uh, I beg your pardon, four had to remain uh, because they had symptoms of the virus itself. But the rest arrived safely. It was 
an, it's a beautiful mission that he accomplished. And um, that is just to say thank you. That's our conversation with Captain Vusikumalo, SAA chief pilot, who brought that um, flight ZS SND back to the South African uh, shores here when he brought back the Wuhan uh, crew that was uh, sitting there hoping for us to bring them back. So it was done on Saturday and all eyes were glued to that particular screen. And thank you very much for that. We will take those calls when we come back. 011 Good afternoon to Utsi Lesaku. It's one thirty.